0: You're listening to OEA Grow, a member-led production of the Oregon Education Association and a proud member of the Labor Radio Podcast Network. OEA Grow is by members for members. In Season 7, members discuss special education with Venus Reeve. Welcome back to OEA Grow Season 7. I'm your host, Venus Reeve, And today, we're talking with Trace Mansfield from Lane Education Service District about assistive technology services. Thank you for being here today. Before we dive into talking about assistive technology, can you tell us more about yourself and your role as a special educator?
1: Sure. Um, I got my PhD in cognitive science and linguistics uh, at um... UCSD, and went to work as a chief research scientist for natural language processing software. Mm. Uh, After a few years, it occurred to me that um, there were people who might like my support instead of the machines. Uh, So my family moved to Oregon, and I became an SLP. That entailed an additional master's. Um, I externed with Lane ESD, and I instantly felt just so very much at home in the life skills classrooms that I've stayed there ever since. Oh, well, I'm uh, As for my role, yeah, I uh, so so Lane ESD manages twenty-ish uh, K to twenty-one life skills classrooms. They're hosted across by districts across the county. Um, they have an EBP program and ones that serve adjudicated youth and students at the state hospital, plus much more. Uh, all told, there are probably around three hundred students, and I support individual. AT time for about a third of them, plus uh, the extended AT framework across all of those classrooms and programs.
0: Oh, I have lots of questions now. Um, We'll start with the ones that we had planned, though. Um, So in broad terms, what is assistive technology?
1: So broadly, AT is equitable access. That's really what you need to remember. So um, it's a system of tools that um, reveals a person's functional capabilities.
0: Hmm. Equitable access. So in more specific terms, AT or assistive technology, what does that look like?
1: Well, in special education, AT provides tools and services that help people to equitably access FAPE in a meaningful way. So they are free, appropriate public education.
0: Okay, so how would a student qualify for assistive technology?
1: Okay, so there's no AT eligibility section in the OARS like you have for communication disorders and um, and so forth. So, what will uh, happen is that uh, the AT specialist will coordinate uh, when, when things are all working well. Um, a a set analysis s-e-t-t it's an acronym uh, and it represents the steps of a kind of a person-centered plan that considers first of all the students array of strengths and challenges relative to an environment in which the student would like to engage in certain experiences Uh, sometimes that is looked at as tasks in which we want them to engage but i really prefer to look at it in terms of what the student would like to do mm. um, this is specifically a tools last approach not a tools first approach because huh? uh, the tools first approach um, leads to a lot of device abandonment um, you know where, where someone just sort of generically says like when iPads became a big thing we had an issue with uh, medical doctors just going oh your kid has autism every kid with autism needs an iPad and That's a tool first approach. The iPad was treated like a golden hammer and we had a lot of problems with that. So we really tried to um, direct things more towards the tools last approach.
0: So the tools first approach is that golden hammer, everybody gets one, whether it's really appropriate for their needs and giving them that equitable access. Mm -hmm. A tools last approach, what does that look like?
1: Okay, so tools last approach is once you have all that information, you know um, what the student is able to do and what there is left to, to reveal, one hopes, and you know uh, more about the environment in which you expect them or would like them to be able to, to demonstrate those skills, then you can look at the list of tools that are available and decide which one might best fit that profile of needs.
0: Okay. I'm, I'm hearing really the power of the team here and having all of the information in that tool's last approach, because we really need to know where the student is, what we're trying to get them involved in, what, what things they need to do and where they are, and whether or not, for example, an iPad would be appropriate.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, it, it absolutely has to be a team approach.
0: So how does a student qualify then for assistive technology?
1: Well, um, if they're in life skills, then they already um, are eligible. Basically, any student who um, needs to access their education um, is eligible for uh, AT services and devices.
0: Do you have to complete a technology and an AT uh, evaluation, for example, to receive that tech?
1: You don't have to. Uh, oftentimes part of it is that AT is this very broad spectrum of of, of services and products. So uh, it can be something like um, an OT determining that a student needs a particular kind of pencil grip or um, even glasses, for example, are assistive technology. Um, So there are ways in which um, because it's such a generalist domain uh, AT can make its way into the IEP without a formal process being involved um, but when there are students who need um, a more you know complex system or something or, um, you want a more considered approach, it's better to have the team to get together and do this sort of set analysis, this this person-centered plan or approach to determine really what array of things they might need. You might mm-hmm. um, find things that you hadn't uh, considered before. So, um, yeah, it's, it's good to sort of dig into it that way.
0: Well, you kind of just answered my next question, but I'm, I'm going to see if there's more there um, because I imagine there is So, as an assistive—excuse me, my words today—as an assistive technology specialist, how do you provide services and support to the student and to the IEP team?
1: Um, So, the AT role is generalist, uh, essentially that of a tool maven. So, uh, like many services—sorry, like many services. Some of the support involves time spent directly with the students. Uh, I take a look at what they're trying to access. And then <clears throat> with, the, with, you know, with the team, including the student, we all help them to get there. We help everybody get to yes. Um, a lot of this is a matter of interaction with the other specialists who are involved. So um, say that the student was going to be participating in inclusion in uh an art classroom um and they were going to be drawing Um, i would be you know talking with the pt about um you know seating and body positioning all of that good gross motor stuff i'd be talking with the ot about the fine motor um interaction about you know how the pencil was going to be you know manipulated by the the students you know Articulators. I might be talking with the SLP about how the student would be communicating what they wanted to draw. I'd be talking to the teacher about the curriculum, all of these things to get this all you know all brought together. So while um, you know, a lot of this is is direct with the student, a lot of it is monitoring progress and you know, consultation, support for the team and and, and parents and and so forth.
0: A lot of collaboration, it sounds like mm-hmm. Yes. So assistive tech can be anything um, that assisted a, a student in participating with equitable access, which is something that has shifted in my brain. I have these, you know, these wonderful computers and devices and all of these things. Um, but it sounds like it's so much more than uh, just a thing. It's working with the team, collaborating with the student and the team and all of the specialists that serve that student um, and, and help support that IEP um, but when it comes to the things, how who pays mm-hmm. for the things, the, the devices that might be needed?
1: Right. Ultimately, it's the responsibility of the district. Um, but the district can involve such avenues as an appeal to regional program funds or grants or philanthropic, philanthropic gifts mm. um, and so on. Um, there is a bit of a you know, controversy when it comes to the involvement of the parents' insurance and so forth. But the main rule is this. The law is clear that AT is provided at no cost to the parents, and that includes the parents' insurance, and that includes downstream consequences if the district decides they're going to persuade the parents to volunteer their insurance anyway. Um, Insurance is a rabbit hole. Districts don't employ insurance experts that can guarantee that parents won't face such cost consequences as lifetime caps and so forth. So um, they really probably shouldn't go that route to begin with. And even in cases where the districts do uh, persuade parents to volunteer their insurance, the district's still responsible for repairs and maintenance. And if the parent decides to stop lending their personally owned equipment to the school, then the district has to replace it with the same tool. And if a district has already allowed that personally-owned device to be used at school, that's established a precedent that the district must support. So it's really better, you know, just from the beginning for the district. And that includes, you know, the education service district that might be supporting them and so forth to just not waste the time on trying to distribute the responsibility and just have it be part of your inventory so that you know that you can support it in a in a way that is scalable. Um, otherwise, you just get into these false economies, spent, wasting time, trying to spend, you know, trying to save, you know, a few bucks here and there. When really having a good um, systematic approach in place that that ticks over for you, that's that's the much better, more supportable way to go.
0: Sounds like a lot more consistency for the student as well.
1: Yeah. Yes, and there is um, like the issues about things like you know glasses and hearing aids. Um, there are policy letters um, from OSEP that specifically say that districts are responsible, you know, to you know, paying for glasses and hearing aids and so forth. And, and you will hear um, some specialists say, "Well, my colleagues say." this that or the other thing about it and it's, it's great to say things i love saying things <laughs> i love hearing people say things but the the policy letters do have the force of law and glasses have to be provided now if the parents want fancy glasses then they have to you know pay for that themselves the district's only obligated to provide the glasses that are functional you know that that help the student to access that access their 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 education um and this goes for everything except for surgically implanted devices.
0: Okay. So I, I kind of, you've led me um, to the end of, um, led me to thinking about the end of our, of our serving of students when they hit that 21 and they age out, what occurs with the devices at that point?
1: So um, when the student hits you know, is, is going to be hitting 16, and so forth. The team is supposed to be um, involving uh, interviews with the student, and so forth. That that um, are planning for what's going to be happening um, in transition outside to you know, beyond beyond school. Mm-hmm. They will involve um, the students' uh, adult support systems, getting those in place. Um, okay. And there are other agencies that will then be responsible for uh, supporting these devices. Um, Something to consider, I end up having to make a lot of things that are not available off the shelf. Mm. That includes um, apps. I've programmed half a dozen apps because what we need is not available commercially. And I try to make sure that this does not leave things fragile. When the student uh, doesn't have me available or needs something, you know, beyond school that I'm not there to to build it f- for them. Um, yes, there there are plenty of times when I'm you know still in contact with the family and just as part of my hobby time I will <laughs> you know build things just because it's just what I like to do. But um, even though some off-the-shelf products might involve a little more cost than. Having me put something together, um, having it be a commonly available, commercially supported product makes it more likely they'll be able to buy it or have access to it beyond school. Mm. Is that a long way of answering that question? (laughs)
0: Well, that's very in-depth, though, and it kind of accentuates one of the challenges i would imagine with you know you want to provide access and you want to make sure that students have what they need to access their education and you also want to promote the independence post-school the uh, the ability to do these things outside of school and and balancing those two i imagine is is a bit of a tightrope walk sometimes
1: Yeah, tightrope walk. That's a that's a good way good way to put it. You know, more sometimes more like a, a slack slackline walk. Where you're, you're wondering when, you're, when your legs are going to go out from underneath you. Um,
0: still on the rope, right? Uh.
1: Uh, yeah, and and I do tend to look at this a lot from the perspective of of life skills. That's what I am. Um, that's those are the waters that I'm mostly swimming in. But at just at covers, you know, all sorts of things that happen in the general school building mm. um you know you don't yeah i'm not even sure of a, of a better way to put this you know some of my colleagues um um out, outside lane SD they support a lot of students who are in um who are, who are not in life skills programs who might need help you know writing or or, or, or um, remembering things that are happening during a lecture so recording things that are going on getting that transcribed um all, all of the tools that um, might help with um, attention issues or um, emotional behavioral support or, or something like that. So, yeah. So, yeah, my answers will tend to be life skills focused, but um, they apply more broadly.
0: So looking at... Um, oh try and pull us back to those questions and stop going off to the side, but I'm really enjoying the conversation and, and you inspire so many more questions.
1: Um, uh, yeah, good good luck with keeping me kind of corralled. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have the same issue.
0: Um, so when we're looking at the IEP, the student's individual education plan, where would we find that assistive technology information? I'm imagining, for example, that I am a brand new general education teacher, maybe even a brand new special education teacher, or a brand new uh, school counselor, and I am working with a student, and I have their individualized education plan in front of me, What, where would I find whether or not they had some assistive technology services in that IEP?
1: Sure. Uh, the, the most general answer is everywhere, <laughs> including the margins. But <laughs> More specifically, there, so there's there's a box to check in special factors. Okay. Um, it's, I think it's the last box on the list. Does the student need um, AT? For life skills, every student. Every student is going to need some sort of AT. Sometimes it'll be provided in the um, just general classroom framework for that kind of program. Um, but every student will need it. Uh, it can appear in the goals. If it is in the goals, then you won't want to use specific device names like iPad you'll want to say instead something like mobile touchscreen device uh, because if it's in the goal then you are locked into providing that specific thing that you mentioned um, instead if you want to use a specific device name so you can keep a record of what you've actually tried um, put that in the, the present level narrative and so there's a lot of material in the narrative about that um, you can Uh, So that's that's another place you'll find it. You'll see it in Program Modifications. You'll see it in Supplementary Aids and Services, a list of accommodations. Those accommodations can also appear in um, the area that talks about state and district assessment, because Mm -hmm. this student might need some accommodations in terms of um, accessing those materials. And you can also see it in placement. Um, For example, for Life Skills, we list the existence of the Classroom's Extended AT Framework as a benefit of attending life skills. So when you've checked that AT box back in special factors, it will expect to see some specific mention of AT stuff in the IEP. And so when I said that all life skills students need the AT stuff, you'll check that box. The way that we guarantee that it's mentioned somewhere in the I, in the IEP in the, in the is to put it in that benefits box, aside from wherever else we might list it. Um, it could appear in the likes of parental concerns. Parents will often bring up um, that they want to um, to protect access to the students um, communication devices, for example, or they might mention that they want more um, visual supports or something like that. So it can appear there. And then, of course, it'll appear in the service summary Um, in the generally related service and or supports for school personnel. So, yeah, all over the place.
0: So I'm, I really, looking at this individualized education plan, I should have a pretty clear picture of what the student needs, why they need it, the concerns of the parents, how I can support it, how I might implement that into my classroom or in my, my group, whatever, however I'm working with and supporting a student with special needs. If they have assistive technology, that IEP is going to tell me in multiple locations how I can support that use. Um, yeah, also, and if you've
1: done that set analysis, then you'll have all that information.
0: Mm. It, you you mentioned the um, kind of the embedded assistive technology that often occurs in life skills classrooms, and it made me um, wonder the level of detail that's required in an IEP or in the placement component of the IEP to sure. really share out with a family or with a teacher hey this is what the student needs and this is what the classroom expectation um or the excuse me this is what we expect the classroom will have to support the student
1: is that fair? yes good 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 question no that's a that's a that's a great question um the iep has to be portable you want to list anything that would allow a different team to recreate that program elsewhere i mean People are like, well, we're never going to move, and so forth and so on. We, you know, <laughs> we understand that, but uh, you know, it happens. You end up in a different you know, classroom, district, state, country, whatever you want to, that needs to be able to be recreated. That includes equipments, equipment and techniques. Um, for the extended AT framework in the life skills classrooms, I have a brochure written up that can either be included as an attachment to the IAP, or you can reference it online um Mm. it in a sense it reduces clutter in the iep so that when you're trying to pay attention to other things you don't need to always just see a list of you know like that we have you know two desktop computers and then a teacher's laptop and a shared ia laptop and then two shared classroom ipads and so forth and the particular software that we use that's available and so forth you don't need to read that entire list um since it's, you know, general to every every student. And not every student might need each and every one of those things. So we have an external document to which we can refer.
0: Excellent. Okay, so, so that be specific enough but not so specific that we are locked into providing this brand of or this size of or something that isn't Specifically for that student's um, equitable access, they need a mobile touchscreen device. They don't necessarily need an right. iPad or a tablet, for example. Right,
1: because some students you will want to check that that AT box saying that they need AT, but they might not need individual AT time listed in their service summary, hmm. for example. Um, the you know being in the life skills placement might be enough for them to be able to access vape. Um, yeah, and never... one reason you do see it, you mentioned you mentioned sort of seeing it all over the place and so forth. And one of the reasons is because we are accessing FAPE. And the IEP, you know, as a document, it is mapped right broadly onto FAPE. It is the, it is the um, description and determination of what FAPE will be for them. And so AT is sort of saying, how are we going to get to all this stuff that's written in this document?
0: Mm, okay. Excellent. Really providing that access. Mm -hmm. What is your favorite part of being an assistive technology specialist?
1: Well, my other centered favorite part (laughs) is helping people to gain their their freedom and letting them know Mm -hmm. that someone gives a damn about them. Um, My selfish favorite part is being the bringer of presents, <laughs> you know, going to the classroom and the, the kids being thrilled to see what But I've, you know, brought with them to, you know, play with this time because, you know, okay, it's it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an open secret that you know there are students who, you know, don't perceive these things as tools. They see them as a subset of tools that are called toys. And so, yes, sometimes we chum folks along by making them enjoy what they do you know that's that's imagine that as a a, a principle of education (laughs) but yeah that's what that's what that's my my selfish favorite part
0: it sounds really thrilling too because as much as they are enjoying the fun of these things they have an access now they have that freedom and i would imagine that's part of their joy is getting to experience that
1: Yes, well, they should have. I mean, the notion of of equitability is that they should have the same sorts of of access as all the other peers in the school. And when you think about um, what might have made school accessible for you just in a general way, what stuff did you do? What kept you going? What, you know, really made you want to go to school instead of, you know, wanting to do anything but? And they have, you know, every human right to enjoy that as well.
0: And very much our goal as educators is to have every student enjoying being at school, enjoying learning and having that access to learn and that freedom um, to to love school. Um, I'm not sure if that's a freedom or if that's just, you know, kind of what we're hoping for, but Gosh, we spend so much of our time there as children being, being comfortable and, and feeling a part of and a contributing component to a classroom and having everything you need. sounds like it is Santa Claus when, when Trey shows up because it's not just the stuff. It's all of the access that you are providing as well. So this leads right into success stories. What are some success stories that you would like to share from your work as an assistive technology specialist?
1: Well, um, something that always stays with me is that there was a a time when we provided a life skill student with the tools. And this is back in early elementary school. Um with the tools that she needed to clearly demonstrate that she was fully capable of participating in the general education environment. Mm. Um, She came to be able to independently and autonomously communicate what that detention had been like for her. Um, And in fact, all all my success stories are variations, variations on this theme where we help students to escape their imprisonment. And that, you know, might sound like a you know, rhetorical exaggeration for dramatic effect, but you know that that's—I think that's where we feel the, the greatest sense of success. Where you know, a parent will tell us something like, "Oh, you know, my student, my child has never been able to tell me such and so, and and now we can." Mm. That's those are the those are the those are the the greatest things. Um, now, I also have a deep fondness just for providing students with access to the things that they simply love. I had a student who was enamored with shopping, so we set up an accessible simulation in the classroom that the teacher incorporated into their curriculum where the student could do their shopping and you know express their, their deep interest in, in fashion and so forth. Uh, there was a student who dearly loved to water plants, and so um, you know, I created a device that that student could trigger from their chair and be able to actually get out to the garden without being mired down and and water the plants there was another who wanted to to bowl and not just to bowl but to be involved in the social interaction with the rest of their their classroom with with bowling so we you know made a device that let them be able to to do that that's that's the best that kind of thing is just the best
0: Mm. it sounds incredibly rewarding is there anything you'd like us to know that you haven't been able to share yet
1: Um, not really. I guess just, if you take away nothing else, what I would like people to remember is that at heart, AT is a manifestation of the platinum rule. That is to say, we show people that we truly care about how they would like to be treated.
0: Mm.
1: Not treating them the way we would like to be treated, but going through that whole the, the set analysis, the interaction with everybody on the team, really doing what we can to, you know, pay attention to what the, st- the student would like, and then making that happen. Mm.
0: Thank you so much, Trace, for being here today. I really appreciate our conversation sure. and you've been inspired quite a bit in my brain of, of things to look at and ways to shift uh, my own teaching as a special educator um, and looking at some ways to really support students, their interests and love that phrase, how they would like to be treated. Thank you so much. Visit Oregon Council for Exceptional Children's website, oregon.exceptionalchildren.org or their Facebook page for a mini-grant opportunity. You don't have to be a member to apply, and you'll find lots of other resources there, too. For more OEA professional learning opportunities, visit grow.oregonad.org.